ultimately politics, is a politics, deterioration and a lack of trust in our judicial system. And when you see what happens in governments that go down this road around the world, the degradation of the trust of the people in its legislative representation, the degradation of the trust of the people in its judiciary, the degradation of the, of the trust of the people in its voting system. This is a very dangerous path that I believe that Republican extremists are trying to walk this country down. And the most important thing for me in terms of making sure that Endless remains a vibrant part of the coalition that is doing absolutely everything to protect reproductive access and that we are working to make sure that we are preserving our democracy and the vibrance of our democracy all along the way. The two things have to go together. You can't be truly free if you don't have freedom to make decisions about your own body. And it is a dangerous place, an absolute dangerous place that, that these MAGA extremists want to take this country down. And you know we're, we're just not going to let it happen. Yeah. If we start questioning every part of what holds our country together, if we start questioning the rule of law and we start questioning our judiciary and we start questioning our election systems, which is what we have been asked to do by this current Republican Party, it, it, it breaks up the foundations of what we've actually built our country on and it doesn't allow us to grow or build any further because it makes everything shaky. I mean, I don't think the Supreme Court is done with abortion at any right. This will not be the last far-right well, activist judgment that comes Parenthood before them. Next. The Dobbs I mean, ruling left a uh, lot of things up in the air and they're ultimately all going to make their way to the Supreme Court. But this particular case was shaky at best. And even... Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and I am not a big fan of Nancy Mace. I worked to get her opponent elected. I absolutely love Dr. Annie Andrews, but even Nancy Mace said this was a hand-picked case with a hand-picked judge to get a hand-picked outcome, basically. And that's exactly what they got. And that makes us all question the judiciary in general. We can't have that because it doesn't function for our country. I mean, after the ruling, you personally commented while Mifepristone <laughs> remains available for the time being, the Take freedom to make them. decisions about our bodies, our lives, our futures party. will still be up for debate thanks to GOP lawmakers and conservative judges that have been put in place. You said we need to collect more lawmakers who will protect our freedom, not fight to end it. And then you urged everyone Spend to vote like your party. rights depended on it because as we keep seeing, they really do. Fucking hold their feet to the fire, man. Motherfuckers, do you have a right to be in office? Fuck all the it, way. It, it is. It is a. It is an issue, uh, frankly, and a and a challenge to to all of us that I take so deeply personal. I said to you, I think on our on the last time we were together about my. I told you a little story about my eight year old daughter when the when the judgment was made public. Uh, and realizing um, and feeling and sitting with the knowledge that she was going to come home less free 
than when I dropped her off with summer camp that morning. And, you know, for the first time, I, I am less free than my mother, uh, who's about to be 70 years old. And this country is supposed to always be about turning over to the next generation a state of living that is better than, than when we found it. And, and it feels like we have... Abdic, we are abdicating fuck, our responsibility and this, this MAGA Republican Party uh, is no longer concerned about the kind of country we're turning over to future generations, but only about robbing and stealing and pilfering what is available to them now and what they can, what all power and control they can squeeze out of it now and what all profits they can move in this moment now. And I just am dedicated to making sure, and I know there's so many people across this country and, and that watch your podcast and, and, and listen to you every single day who are just as committed to future generations as this country has always been. And this is just another opportunity for us to continue that fight and continue that responsibility to ensure that our children and future generations um, have more opportunity, have more freedom, uh, and can pursue their dreams and live their lives fully. That's yeah, we founded sad. this country on the dreams of the Enlightenment, on the ideals yeah. of a, pro a progressive nation, of doing better than what we did before. We can't be regressive about it now. We don't want to go backwards now. I mean, the next election we have coming up is an election in Virginia in November. Now, yep. you have endorsed 16 women for the Virginia State Legislature. We need to get as many of them elected as possible to stop the Republicans from getting a trifecta of power in that state. Because if we do, Virginia will go the, the way of Texas and Florida and North Dakota with their very extreme laws. So what can we now. do? What can we do right now to help You, especially with that election? Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. Um, and, you know, look, Virginia needs all the help that it can that it can get, and particularly the women in Virginia. As you know, Virginia is still breaking its own glass ceilings, having just sent its first black woman ever in the history of the Commonwealth to Congress <laughs> with the election of Jennifer McClellan. Uh, and and it, is, it is something definitely to be uh, proud of, but my goodness, it is the 2023. Uh, it is 2023, and uh, the Virginia legislature is up after redistricting in the state, and there is so much to be done to maintain the majorities that are there blocking what we know will be um, extreme anti-abortion, anti-freedom legislation that will come out of Governor Yunkin's office and, and leadership and legislature if we're not paying attention. So what can you do? If you are a Democratic pro-choice woman who is looking to run for office, reach out to Emily's List. If you are not a Democratic pro-choice woman and you are an ally, a man who knows that government works best when it is truly represented, make sure that you are supporting Democratic pro-choice women who are running for office. Emily's List is the largest political resource for Democratic pro-choice women across the country and has been that for 38 years. I think that we have earned the trust 
of people who give to us to support our candidates and to support our work to ask that everyone who's watching go to emilyslist.org and give to Emily's List. Help us continue to do this work and fight this important fight because it truly is the fight of a lifetime. And if while you're on the website giving to Emily's List, look at the candidates that we've endorsed. They need your help. We can help them within the bounds of what is legal for us to do, and they need your help running and staffing their campaigns. And so give to those, the candidates who you feel like match your values. I think that every MLS list endorsed woman is a person who is prepared to fight for her district and to fight for this country and to move our country forward. And so give to those candidates that you see on that website while you're giving to Emily's list. All of your help will be so greatly appreciated and so important to this organization, the work that we do and the mission that we champion. And so we'd be very grateful. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, LaFonza. I mean, Emily's List has made sure that women have a seat at the table for almost 40 years. And I feel like it's never been more important than it is now for women to have a voice and a leading role in who is running our government. So before you go, what do you have to say to people who might be feeling defeated or scared or not sure what to do as all of this unfolds around us? Do you have any sort of parting words that can fire us up? No yeah, pressure. Yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, think about, I think about this often because the times are truly challenging. You know, you could easily read your newspaper or turn on your television and get so deep in despair that you throw up your hands and want to quit. And so my parting message to everyone listening and watching would be simply to believe that you are in the right place, to know that it is the right time and be convinced that you are doing the right thing. No matter where you are, from Idaho to North Dakota, from California to New York and everywhere in between, there is not a person in your community who does not deserve to be free. And so you definitely are in the right place. Don't get turned uh, away because you feel like you may be just living in a red district and there's nothing you can do. There's always something that you can do. Know that this is the right time because everything is at stake. Everything is at stake in this moment. This time is the only time that we have to get it right for our children, for our grandchildren. This is the only time we have to make a difference. And before you get deterred, just know that you're doing the right thing. Our neighbors who don't have as much time as some of us might may not able to go to every rally but you can surely get them to sign a petition and that it is the right thing some of us have three jobs to work to be able to put a roof over our head and put our kids through school, but they, they are counting on you to be able to go to the local community meeting and voice their opinion, their concerns, their dreams, their hopes, because you guys have talked about them on the weekend over your gate. So knowing that you are in the right place at the right time and that everything that you do to make this country better, stronger, and more free is right, that's what will propel us forward. 
that's what will keep us all going. That is what gives the next generation the opportunity to take their turn at ensuring justice and democracy prevails and continues in this country. Right now, it's our turn, and I'm excited to be taking my turn with all of you. So am I. I'm excited to be taking my turn. We got to do it for those next generations. They need to come up and have better than we ever did. Now, I know you're off to the rally for reproductive freedom with Vice President Harris tonight at Howard University. Mm -hmm. I hope you will give a big handshake and high five to her and to Minnie Tamaraju and Alexa McGill Johnson and all these powerhouse women that you're meeting to rally behind this cause because those of us who believe in human rights are behind you and we wish you nothing but success. The wind at my back, thank you so very much. So that was LaFonza Butler reminding us that no matter how discouraged we feel, we need to know that we are in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. That every single one of us has the power to fight back and to refuse to be jammed into the Republicans' time machine. Watching our fellow citizens have their rights stripped from them should be a wake-up call to anyone who hasn't been paying attention to politics or to anyone who thought there was some line that the government wouldn't cross. We protect our rights now or we lose them forever. The majority of the country wants to live in a nation of freedom where our rights are respected. So we have to work and vote for leaders who will support that vision. I want to thank LaFonza for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now pick a Democratic candidate in Virginia and get them elected. Until next week, PGA. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved. We are all always in the prime of our lives. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. No, Donald J. Trump, you're no star, and you can't just do anything. E. Jean Carroll, 79 years young, is proving some 30 years after Trump violated her that there is no running out the clock on truth and accountability. The only clock running out is impunity for the serial predator and former president who is finally having his decades of misconduct against women tried in a court of law. This week, the legendary columnist took the stand in her defamation and battery case against Trump, testifying in detail under oath to Trump's actions in a department store dressing room in the mid-90s. She met the condescending cross from Trump's lawyer not only with credible emotion, but with unwavering fortitude and wit. Facing the truth has only made E. Jean wiser, braver, and more resilient. Trump, on the other hand, can't even muster the strength to show up in his own defense. That's unlikely to change when the trial resumes next week. And let's be clear. Trump is weak, not because he's old, but because he's a coward. He's spent his 70 years plus on this earth running from the truth. But from civil trials to criminal grand juries, he's at the end of that road. Yesterday, Special Counsel Jack Smith made history, obtaining more than five hours of testimony from his former Vice President Mike Pence. Pence was forced to testify to Trump's efforts to pressure him to overturn the 2020 election after giving up his own political bid to block Smith's subpoena. And less than 24 hours after Trump's last
effort to block the testimony failed in a court of appeals. Never forget. Before Pence upheld his minimum duty to the Constitution on January 6th, he stood behind his predator boss for four years while claiming to, to be a man with deep faith and family values. Probably never see it, but Calls to hang Mike Pence would have never happened if the so-called Christians surrounding the Trump denounced trail. him long before that day. But the former VP, like most of the GOP, fear Trump more than they fear God. Pence I will continue to be, to be a pathetic and morally equivalent equivocating presidential wannabe in public. But I think it's safe to assume that yesterday Jack Smith got some truly damning testimony about Trump from Pence behind closed doors. And from faithlessness to ugly ageism, not to mention complete recklessness when it comes to the full faith and credit of the United States, the GOP is showing how truly unfit they are to lead. This week, Biden launched his re-election bid unapologetically, I love this, reclaiming the freedom platform from the fascist Republicans who have hijacked it for so long. It's a beautiful winning strategy, and Biden has been an unusually effective and competent president against enormous headwinds. I want to shine a light on the nasty and baseless attacks on Biden's age and how fit Biden really is to take on a second term and the dangerous fascists running against him. Last but not least, how can we forget that this week started with the Tucker Carlson. Will America stand up and do us right? Or will it get off because he's rich and white? Sold out the country for a personal gain. Lied on Obama, he has no shame. Our government officials who lied to the nation tried to cover up the investigation. I wrote this song on Memorial Day. And this is what the spirit of the soldiers had to say. He been down with the Russian, now we know what's up. If you believe in justice, lock Trump up. responsible responsible for mainstreaming so much of this ugliness and hate if you've watched lights on before you know that i know how this brainwashing and division works all too well and i was absolutely thrilled to see his platform on fox news come to an end stick around because i'm going to share an exclusive throwback moment that really brings the tucker story full circle for me and i think you'll really enjoy it too so welcome to our luminaries. Welcome, Ben Micellis, Midas Touch founder and my buddy sidekick. How you doing today? You see, you are fully embracing what I said. I am the sidekick. <laughs> I am the clear number two here on I the show. I lost that fight. The only fight I left was the fight to call Ben Micellis not a sidekick. And so sidekick I am it is. proud to be a sidekick. <laughs> and as we talk about what took place... Um, that you were just teasing that you're going to put at the end of the show, that you're going to show people that kind of throwback. I'll just say this. 
that you and I may have been in the same location, in the exact same room at that time, and we just had never met each other at that time. And for all those watching, Jessica and I go actually way back. We didn't realize it until we met when you first appeared as a guest on the Midas Touch podcast back over a year ago at this point. Um, but definitely some kind of funny coincidences there. But Jessica, a really big week. I mean, you know, yeah. from the courage and the heroism of E. Jean Carroll uh, to the, you know, I think the cowardice of Pence trying to avoid the testimony, but ultimately, you know, essentially losing and being ordered to show up. But to his credit, showed up, spent the full day there, didn't invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, to President Biden announcing his re-election, to Tucker being fired. How could we forget? It seems like a long time ago at this point, but the beginning <laughs> of this week. And then just remember, on just think about how fast things are moving, though, right now, because on the last Lights On that we did, you had Jerry Filippatos, Abby Grossberg's lawyer here, and she played a major part in exposing the working conditions when she used to be an executive producer at Tucker Carlson, and she sh and uh, her lawyer shared all about that experience here, so if people want to go back and watch that last interview, too, you did a great job with that interview, but excited for today's show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we absolutely cannot discount the role that Abby Grossberg played in the firing of Tucker Carlson. She and Jerry have both said they don't know the extent to which it actually factored in, but you put it you put it together with all of the revelations that came out in Dominion, and I think she absolutely had a role in that. There is some very damning information that came out about Tucker Carlson in her lawsuit, and uh, it was so great to have Jerry. Yeah, definitely go back. Um, Check out last week's episode and even the week before where we really um, we really dug into it before we even brought Jerry on. But speaking of strong women who have been uh, fighting to expose the truth, taking back their power, saying, I'm not going to stand for this. Look at E. Jean Carroll. I am so inspired by her. And I love stories like this because we're going to get in the end of this episode to this ugliness of ageism. But I love stories that just show no matter how old you are, no matter what the number subscribed to you is, it is absolutely no indication of what you are capable of, of the courage and fortitude that you can express, of the impact that you can have. We know that Donald Trump has been accused by dozens of women of this kind of violating conduct women. that, that E. Jean Carroll is bringing to her defamation and battery trial. And yet he has never been put on trial for it before. And E. Jean Car Carroll found her voice. I mean, she was she was no, <laughs> you know, shy, silent woman, but she this was this was something that it really took her years to come to terms with sharing publicly. And you know, I think about this because it was around the same time that I filed my sex discrimination and slander harassment lawsuit against the Trump campaign in 2017. It was it was during the Me Too movement. And for E. Jean Carroll, it was it was a recognition that she could not be out there as this columnist for women sharing other people's stories and being dishonest about her own experience. And it wasn't I mean, I would never put blame on somebody who had been through what she had been through for not feeling like she could come publicly forward with things like this. But it 
was seeing that courage and bravery of other women that inspired her back in 2017 to say, I have to step out. It doesn't matter how much time has passed. Um, it, it frankly doesn't matter who's going to believe me or not. That's not, a, that's not the consideration here. The consideration is that I am now going to speak the truth and put it out there and, um, and, move forward with accountability and look where we are. I mean, look what E. Jean Carroll has done. I couldn't help as this trial was going on thinking of Bill Cosby and the years and years it took for him to face accountability. Um, and it's it's not normal. It is not, we can never forget the, the conduct that Donald Trump is credibly accused of by so many women and how, what an aberration and just disgusting fact that Donald Trump was ever in the White House to begin with. And please, the irony is not lost on me. If you're watching this program, you know I watched, I, I lived in the Fox News echo chamber. I worked for Donald Trump in 2016 when the Access Hollywood revelations were coming out. I have certainly come to terms with my own denial. And um, I lived in that time in a, in a space where I believed that all of the accusations coming out against him were false because I was so deluded into believing that he was just under false attack by everyone. And you better believe that um, I have come to terms with my own ignorance and lack of seeing the plight of other women and recognizing the veracity of their claims. So um, I'm inspired by E. Jean Carroll. Like I said, it was the same time that I found that courage myself in 2017 because of the courage of other women and just people in general who had been in these these suppressive and um, experiences where they had been violated, having the courage to come forward. And uh, it may take time, but that time is worth it. And it is going to make a huge change and be one of the first really um, significant uh, I think, rulings to drop in this chain of accountability that we are now on for Donald Trump. So the E. Jean Carroll trial has uh, progressed, I think, faster than many court observers are used to. And that's also because Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal judge presiding over the case, runs a very efficient uh, court yeah. and a very efficient trial schedule. So on Wednesday, jury selection was completed by lunch. They already picked the jury. Nine jurors selected, alternates as well, and opening statements began right after lunch. And so E. Jean Carroll's lawyers gave an opening. Donald Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, gave an opening. And then testimony began right away. Testimony yep. began into Thursday. There was a witness who had been at the Bergdorf Goodman who worked there, who was able to discuss the layout, to explain for the jury and to kind of just paint a picture where the changing rooms are, where um, you enter, how celebrities would frequent it, which areas would be kind of quiet areas. And it's a very smart move to kind of paint that picture because the jurors need to be able to visualize that before you have E. Jean Carroll testify. And then putting your witness on, the main plaintiff on right away, though, is, is a fairly risky strategy because that's your case right there. And even if you have the truth on your side, the light on your side, the facts on your side, you know, E. Jean Carroll has been living and breathing this case and the trauma 
every single day of her life. And you know, Jessica, what it's like to be embroiled in a court case um, and, and to, you know, it becomes this is what I always tell my clients, you know, who want to, you know, we're thinking about filing lawsuits. I said, I just want to let you know, it is beyond a full time job. It it's a massive, occupy. massive undertaking. Yes. And then so after all of that, then it's her moment to testify that she's been waiting for this moment. And, you, you know, there's not a lot you can do to prep for it. It's not like you can practice all your life for testifying in front of a jury and what those circumstances are going to be like. It's very nerve wracking. And the direct exam of E. Jean Carroll began good, you know, began okay. And then there was a moment, though, where E. Jean Carroll, I think, just even transcended the moment like it was a magical moment if you will and i think it started happening on the end of the direct exam but really happened when joe takapina engaged in this really kind of disgusting cross-examination of her where she recognized that the truth was on her side that she recognized the facts were on her side and she recognized that Donald Trump, for all of his bloviating bluster, was too scared to even show up in yep. the courtroom. And she was there to tell her story. He was afraid. He wants to be a keyboard warrior and make all and post all of these messages about, uh, you know, about her, which the judge called out. And the judge says, he keeps tell your client, Takapina, if he keeps saying this, he may have to start looking into some criminal statutes. Um, and for those watching, you see Roberta Kaplan and E. Jean Carroll. It's Roberta Kaplan on the left, E. Jean Carroll getting into the car there. And I think E. Jean Carroll, you know, really she's been such a strong person but in that moment she found superhuman strength and then she just you know basically was telling takapina no i'm ready to go and what you're saying is outrageous what you're saying makes no sense you know now let's just talk for a minute about how he greeted her this was the, the like for me as a juror if i saw the way that he approached her it would have been over <laughs> i don't want to say that i mean i hope the jurors maintain neutrality and you know weigh everything until the end but my god talking about talk about setting a condescending and just disgusting tone off the bat so he comes in he says to her good morning and she nods and because she does not verbally acknowledge him he says to her again good morning and waits for a response and she i think possibly at that point verbally responds and he says to her there you go there you go i mean can you imagine ben i mean the, the insensitivity i was actually a couple weeks i joined uh, popak and karen on legal af and we talked about the, the possibility that takapina was going to be cross-examining eugene carroll and what a bad look i mean he you would think in this position that he, they would get a female he, uh, attorney to cross-examine eugene carroll but they, they didn't even they have alina haba but they didn't use her they used joe takapina and as soft as he may have tried to make himself um his his uh, some of his questions were extremely Fucking, condescending and as as we were talking about when awesome he started to really challenge her on why for instance she didn't live. scream um she really took him to task and Just said bars. i didn't have to scream um, it was, to me, she stood up for herself in such a beautiful way. And, and so many other women, I think, that can 
relate that have been through experiences <sighs> like this, having this uh, mansplaining, misogynist expectation of how they should act when they are being violated in this manner. Um, I don't think so. And and she did such a service, not just to herself, but like I said, to so many others who have had these experiences. So, so two points I want to piggyback off what you just said. Alina Haba, um, we've always heard her name and she likes to do these interviews. Question mark from the case. File ethics complaints. File. with all these far right wing, um, you know, uh, media companies <laughs> where she's, you know, talks a tough game, right? She hasn't said a word during the trial and she likely won't say a word during the trial because she's not a trial lawyer. She's a total and complete phony. And she goes around and she, again, she, she says all these things, but when that cross exam should have been Alina Hoppus. You know, if, if, if you are representing, right, I mean, if, if you're the lawyer there representing Donald Trump, that and, and you went to all these media networks talking trash about E. Jean Carroll and how strong Donald Trump is, you take that cross-exam, you know, as, as a trial lawyer, you know, and, and she hasn't said a word. I doubt she'll say a word. I don't think she knows how to do a cross-exam. I don't think that she knows how to do a direct exam. I don't think she knows the rules of evidence. I don't, she doesn't know what she's doing. There's a reason why she keeps getting sanctioned over and over again in the various cases. So that's one point I want to go ahead and talk about. Two, so where does the E. Jean Carroll trial go next? So what, what, what happens now? Um, so her testimony will conclude. And after her testimony concludes, then you're going to have other victims of Donald Trump testify about their experiences. Uh, they're going to play the Access Hollywood tape for the jury to hear where Donald Trump brags about his vile and disgusting unlawful conduct. The jury will get to hear that. The jury will hear contemporaneous witnesses who E. Jean Carroll told what happened at the time and Takapina is going to what try to cross-examine them um, and then they're going to play the deposition testimony of Donald Trump that was taken. Um, e. Jean Carroll's lawyers, Roberta Kaplan, they are not going to call Donald Trump as a witness and you may say well why, why would they not call Donald Trump as a witness? Drag his ass into court it's a brilliant strategy because Donald Trump did so bad at his deposition, you're able to play the full deposition. It'll be a video deposition the jury will see. And then I think after Donald Trump's deposition,
exclamation point. AF. Hardly AF. Um, file immediately to dismiss the case summary judgment and also file to um, get him Oh, I suggested Michael Cohen. Um, um. Question mark. And also countersued to have him deemed file for that and also file to have him disqualified okay if you do this i'll give you immediately dismiss the case summary judgment as a judge for a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation and have him 
deemed vexatious litigant. Adds. <clears throat> Um, and, and, uh, file. File. <clears throat> to have him qualified as an insurrectionist from public... Disqualified. Position. I think that'll be the last thing they show the jury. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but then they'll rest, and that'll be it. And then the judge is going to say in front of the jury, plaintiff rests. Defense, you may put on your witness. And then Takapina is likely not going to call Donald Trump. He's not going to show up at his own trial. And so likely what Takapina is going to say, because he has no other witness but Donald Trump, and in any other situation, the person who's accused would show up and would testify in person, but Donald Trump isn't. And the judge is going to say, Takapina, it's your, you know, your witness. And Takapina say, the defense rests. And I think you will hear an audible gasp amongst jurors when they realize, because they don't know now that he's not going to show up, that he's not going to even rebut anything that just happened. So then in the closing argument, Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, We'll go to the jury. You heard from her. Bravely, courageously had to talk about the most difficult moment in her life. You heard from other women who went through the same horrific situation. You heard from other women, E. Jean Carroll. You heard Donald Trump's deposition. And you heard in Donald Trump's, you know, you heard in his own words what he said, that the reason that he said he couldn't do it is that she's not his type. Like, are you kidding me? And you heard him brag about it. And then, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, they had the opportunity. I'm sure you wanted to hear from him. And they did not call a single witness. This is a preponderance of evidence. 51% uh, if the scales of justice just tilt slightly in favor of E. Jean Carroll. You have to rule in favor of E. Jean Carroll. That's going to be the message. And I think it's going to be a compelling closing. Yeah, and you look at, you know, just look, you're talking about Alina Haba. All she can do is be a performative attorney on television. She does not even likely know how to, as you were saying, conduct a cross-examination. And isn't that just a, a microcosm of the entire GOP and Trump so mega party? I mean, they can, they are, they only do performance. They don't do actual law governance. I mean, bring, bring these antics of theirs to a court of law and, and we're going to find out who's really and what's really what now. And that's why I that's why I have been pushing for so long to use the justice system because people are not the same in a court of law as they are on the street, as they are on TV, as they are in Twitter, as they are in these sham hearings that the, you know, House fascist caucus is putting on. They are required to conform to the rules of that courtroom. Um, and they can be, they are in hot water if they do not follow those rules and speak the truth and engage in the baseline 
behavior that is accepted in a court of law. And this is the law and order party, right? They love law and order so much. No, they really hate law and order. Law and order threatens everything that they're about. So I'm so glad that we um, that we have E. Jean Carroll to kind of lead the way. I mean, this is really the first really publicized um, post-presidency trial for Donald Trump prior to these criminal trials. Um, and look, look, it's a woman. It's a woman at at um, like I said in the open, 79 years young, being this leader for women of all ages. I would argue people of all ages to speak the truth like this, in the face of this coward. You make such a great point there that it is a microcosm of the performative aspect of just the Republicans in general. You want to talk a big game, you know? You got Jim Jordan. They put on the judicial. committee he's not even a licensed lawyer he rolls up his sleeves and he's like here's what we're going to do and then you've got like Stephen Miller um, you know Donald Trump's former aide who starts an organization called like America first and they're like we filed the civil Old rights case they just like file these like bizarre and just frankly despicable letters to the eeoc suing company <laughs> diversity and inclusion programs and they go we filed the federal civil rights laws you didn't file a lawsuit you wrote a letter to the eeoc so that fox and your right-wing media can just talk about it but you're right jessica you put them in the arena now do something now build something i know y'all like to just destroy and lie but do do something let's let's see it alina Habba. show the world that you could do the most basic cross-examination because you sure talk a tough game when you go on that, and 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 she can't. And and you see skill and competency. I want to give before going to the next topic though. E. Jean Carroll's lawyers, Roberta Kaplan, and those and that team of lawyers is like top notch. Some of the yeah. best lawyering I have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it is the way they did the opening, their directs, their candor to the jury about facts that the jury may not understand um the way they the motion practice it has been brilliant so you have again a microcosm right competency and actually doing versus trying to destroy and just performance art yeah i'm going to take a moment i i you know i kind of weighing what i what I, I would love to share with our luminaries some more of what is happening this week but i i'm going to keep <clears> them <throat> in suspense um a little bit because because wheels are turning and we we are doing the work we are doing the work but if you've watched the show from the beginning you heard me talk about how i was 
kind of resistant and a little bit hesitant to put on a podcast. Um, part of the reason. because I'm still so embroiled in my cases against Donald Trump. I still have my initial 2017 sex discrimination and harassment case against the Trump campaign, and I still am working to certify the class so that all the Trump NDAs are, are invalid. And this is, like you said, Ben, when you take on these, these cases, when you take on a lawsuit of any kind, not to mention a lawsuit or two lawsuits or multiple cases as I have had against a former president's campaign. It is an overwhelming uh, responsibility. And this week was one of those weeks when I had an overwhelming amount of, uh, let's just say, wheels to, to turn and um, things to be involved in in my cases. And when I come... On with you on lights on I'm coming here to you bringing my perspective Ben you're bringing your expertise and brilliance as a practitioner of the law um, there's there's such a distinction I think between what we're doing where I it's so important to me when I put on this show to be genuine to bring a real and heartfelt um, conveyance of what I have experienced versus the performance politics on the right that's on, you know, their cable news outlets, their fascist Russian propaganda channels, their podcast senators that are more concerned with putting on podcasts than actually governing. Um, so I, I just wanted to share that with you because that's kind of what's going on in the background of Lights On is real um, legal legal work going on, like in in no small way. Uh, major, major developments, and um, and I'm going to share them with you when I can. <laughs> no, and, and look, you know, we've heard a lot of stories this week also about large media networks, legacy media networks that are failing, and they are massive cuts, they are going bankrupt, and, you know, I think one of the things that you showed, Jessica, is there's actually the most obvious solution, the most obvious answer to what's going on with the right-wing hate, it's all its all looking us right in, in the face, right? And that's the love. That's the compassion. That's the intelligence. Large media networks feel they can't lean into that. And that's such a strange and odd thing because that is how you, in the past, all of the hate and authoritarians have been defeated with truth and love and rallying people around a common cause for pro-democracy. And look, there's a lot to be happy about this week as well. We're going to talk a little bit about Tucker Carlson being fired. We're going to talk about some major developments in special counsel Jack Smith's ongoing criminal investigation of Donald Trump. 
former Vice President Pence testified before the grand jury in Washington, D.C. And, of course, we got to talk about how President Biden um, announced his re-election, and he's talking about freedom, freedom, freedom. We'll talk about all of that when we come back from this quick break. I don't like to waste anything, but I never used to compost. I assumed it was too complicated, too time-consuming, and I honestly wouldn't have known where to start. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi you allows me to Lomi. turn my food waste into dirt with the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps That's to dirt in Lomi. under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage to send to a landfill. And here's what I really love. Lomi helps feed my plants. I add the scraps of dirt from my Lomi to the soil, and my plants get rich nutrients. Less waste all around, and my plants are happy. Since I got my... garbage which means it's not going to landfills and producing methane it honestly feels great to be eliminating waste honestly. producing nutrient rich fertilizer uh, and helping to reduce the world it's one nice thing about being in asia 14 years you could just tune out all the all the advertisements of the United States and wiping out millions of jobs. Now remember, raising the debt ceiling is not about taking on new debt. It's about whether America will pay its current debts. This is a slight. <laughs>
promo code LIGHTS to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash lights and use the promo code LIGHTS at checkout. Going on in no small way. Major, major developments. And I'm going to share them with you when I can. And look, we've heard a lot of stories this week also about large media networks, legacy media networks that are failing. And they are massive cuts. They are going bankrupt. And you know, I think one of the things that you showed, Jessica, is there's actually the most obvious solution, the most obvious answer to what's going on with the right wing hate. It's all it's all looking us right in, in the face, right? And that's the love. That's the compassion. That's the intelligence. Large media networks feel they can't lean into that. And that's such a strange and odd thing because that is how you, in the past, all of the hate and authoritarians have been defeated with truth and love and rallying people around a common cause for pro-democracy. And look, there's a lot to be happy about this week as well. We're going to talk a little bit about Tucker Carlson being fired. We're going to talk... Thank you.